Don't forget about our pregame coverage on Sunday. It'll all start at 10 o'clock in the morning. 10 to 12.30. Kickoff show. Then things will shift to downtown. George Jones downtown, to be exact. 2nd Avenue. 12.30 to 2.30. So we've got, if my math is correct, what, four and a half hours of pregame coverage? Remember, later kickoff, Titans and Chargers, 3.05 Central Time. It'll be Jared, Floyd Reese, and Chris Sanders live at George Jones downtown on 2nd Avenue. And our pregame show is brought to you by Wholesale Link, powered by RumbleOn.com, Kubota Tractors, Middle Tennessee, Kubota Dealers, and Boom Boz, Craft Pizza, and Tap House. We always enjoy our conversations with our next guest. Sean Salisbury is on the line with us, Sports Talk 790 down in Houston. He does it all. He does it on a local stage. He does it on a national stage. He does everything. Sean, how you doing? I'm doing great. Good to be on with you too, man. I appreciate you having me. Well, we have really had nothing to talk about this week, so we thought we'd have you on. It's been kind of quiet here. <laughs> well, hockey, hey, the hockey team's going to be good. They always are, I promise you. Uh, hopefully, Tennessee Titans will get it turned around. we got a lot to talk about. Rockets, we got Houston Astros in this town, so yeah. there's a lot going on, guys. You know that, but uh, it's always good to be on. And you know, you got football. You always got plenty to talk about in that great town. If I was going to move to someplace I'd never lived, I'm from San Diego. I live in, you know, I've lived in Dallas. My kids went to school in Dallas. I'm in Houston now. I love Scottsdale. But if I, if they said I've lived in a lot of places as a player, pick one spot to go that you haven't lived in the United States. It would be your town. Love Ooh. the music. Love the food. The people. I'm a diehard. I'd have season. The only season ticket I'd buy would be to the to the uh, Predators. I love hockey. I'm a die. I'm begging for hockey here. I grew up a hockey fan. So yeah, if I had to leave, my, my guy Herb Street lives there, and he loves it. So everybody that goes in, I visited, but I've never lived there. But I could, and I and I would if that was a place that I was moving outside of where I worked or where I wanted to live. So. We got that to talk about. I know you guys got plenty to talk about. You always do. Wow, we're going to send that to some people that could use that. That that was a ringing endorsement for this market, and boy, a lot of people appreciate that. That's the facts, man. It's the facts. I, it's, it's and I've heard. I've never heard anybody that walked out of there that lived there or visited talk negatively about that town. So it's a great place. So I'm always good to be on with you guys. Love it. Uh, through your quarterback eyes, uh, let's just get your opinion, your thoughts. What did you think? It's something after the Denver game. Titans get shut out, and we just felt like the move was coming, and and sure enough, it, it's here. Ryan Tannehill is going to get the start. Marcus Mariota has been benched for the first time in his career. What did you think about the whole whole move and how it was uh, played out this week, guys? I, I was on a show in Sacramento a little earlier in night, and on my show, and I've said this before, and I may have even talked to you guys about it, but at no time, I mean, I, I can think about people I root for, you know, we root for our home team or players. I'm to the point now as a former, I don't really root for teams I used to play for. I mean, I do. I hope they have success. It's not, that's, I mean, I grew up a Raider fan, but I root for players and coaches or guys you've had relationships with. And I'm talking about in my own sport, which is football. Uh, There's very few people since they've come into the league that I've rooted for more than Marcus Mariota. And many of us were, have been wrong so far, not rooting for him, but on what we expected from him. I thought he'd be a full-blown superstar with his speed, his dedication, his accuracy. I thought it was the right place to go. Now, in defense of him, there's been a lot of changes in coaches and people he's had to deal with, but the great ones overcome that. And you know, you look at a Brady, and I'm using him as an example because it doesn't matter how many roster changes or changes they make, he's still always relevant and always makes guys around him better. I 
I love Marcus Mariota and I root for him, but he can't you can't pay him a hundred million bucks. He can't he's not your franchise quarterback. Now, maybe a change of venue, a change of scenery. Maybe he'll you know, go into the bench, he'll help, it'll come back in the last six games of the season. He'll play like gangbusters and reopen that. There's something missing, guys. There's an there's an uncomfortability and I've wa- I try to watch every quarterback play weekly as much as I can. There's an uncomfortability from my naked eye and watching him and rewatching him on film, on tape. There's, a, there's an uncomfortability in the pocket. One week he looks like, okay, man, like three weeks ago, whatever it was, he looks like he's settling in. And then a little too happy and a little inaccurate and then forces the ball. And it looks like his eyes watching the pass rush. And I, don't, I, I thought he'd make players better. They just, there's, there's not a consistency that goes with it. And it pains me, honest to God, to talk about it like this. But you guys know I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. I want him to be successful. I'm not going to quit on him. But if I'm a general manager or a team, I cannot invest a huge amount of money in my future from what I've seen to date. Flashes of it, yes, but flashes of it don't make a franchise quarterback. It's got to be consistent. And with the injuries, I think Marcus Mariota is going to end his career somewhere else. And you're going to give Tannehill a chance. The question is, will we see the inconsistent Tannehill in Miami? Or does he take this over and say, this is a new lease on life, uh, on my career life for me? So it bums me out because, you know, to admit you're wrong about somebody, at least so far on their consistency, I want Marcus to succeed. But this team is not getting better on a consistent basis offensively, even though they've had coaching changes with him at quarterback. A change had to be made. Is that confidence, Sean? You played the position, what you just described and – uh, what you just kind of laid out and what you've seen with Mariota from afar. Do you think that's confidence or lack of? Yeah, I, I don't, guys, I don't even know this. We saw him come out of Oregon, and we've seen – you can't show me flashes of what he's done and tell me the guy doesn't have a skill set, right? I mean, let, let, let's, we pray. let's just talk about the, the, the elementary for somebody who may not have – you guys know it, but somebody who's just listening for the first time or, or watching quarterbacks play and really doesn't understand the in-depth part of it. When you watch him play, you say, okay, good enough arm. At times his anticipation is really good. At times his accuracy, you know, maybe probably needs to take a few more shots, but he'll he, he'll be fine and protect the football, right? He went on 130-something, whatever it was, without a pick. I mean, so he's got that in him. So when you see flash, that's the more frustrating part. There's times I watch him, I say, going to be a star. We've all done that over the last four years. Wow. And then he gets hurt, and then he comes back, and there's inconsistency. And then a coaching change. And then, man, wow. And then it, and, and we keep doing it. It's like Groundhog Day. With his with the with the routine of it, and and when I see a guy that's got physics, they're all good when they get to the level. But we know some are limited. What's the limit on his game? He's got he's a smart kid. He's big. He's physical. He can he can throw balls with anticipation when he's ready. He can be accurate. So then you say, okay, what is missing? Why is somebody that, that like Teddy Bridgewater more accurate or more consistent coming off the bench without Drew Brees and? doesn't have a strong arm and has been through injury. Why, why has he got this thing rolling? Well, Saints may be a better offensive team, but there's a DNA thing that goes with it and, and, or a confidence thing. And I think his DNA, we've seen enough to know that he can win, but there's another level to it. And I played the position, guys, one of my biggest problems in my career, and, and you know, from a guy who was supposed to be a first-round pick, shredded my knee twice in college, and then was an undrafted free agent and played 10 years. And I don't mean that pat myself on the back, but my confidence level did change. And I could early in my career, when I was a sophomore, we were rolling and 6-0 and in the country and kicking butt at SC. I felt like I could make every play, and you couldn't have done anything that stopped it. Blew out my knee. We were 6 and leading the nation in passing. Bingo. The next year I came back and so said, I got this, and then, boom. Then a year later after that, blew my knee out again. 
So injuries became part of it. And then I got to the point where I couldn't get over, I couldn't get over an, a, a bad play fast enough. I let it fester for two or three plays. And so you're thinking, well, if we, you know, you go for two games, be really good. And then a game you wouldn't be, and then you're back to the backup, and you'd start, and you'd go for 400 yards or whatever, and then boom. And that's, that was a problem for me, so I've seen the movie before. To me, when I look at him, it almost looks like, a, and I'm, I'm just from afar, guys. I haven't, I'm not there in the locker room every day, and like I said, I love him. But it looks to me like a guy at times that doesn't really know, in his mind, if he's good right now. And it's hard for me to believe because there's a lot of guys that would like this skill set. So, yes, at this position, confidence and the ability to know that you can get it done every single snap, even though you may not be able to, is a huge part. The best quarterbacks in this league, have they don't care what you and I think. They don't care about an interception. They just keep coming. And I think that through the injuries and the inconsistency, it looks to me like there's a little damage to the confidence. Yeah, no doubt. Sean Salisbury here with us. So how much of that is from the, the changes with coaches? Because I've read articles and we've talked to people that – you know, the Titans at the organization, they, they've broken him, so to speak, because started with Ken Wesenhan and then Mike Malarkey and now Mike Vrabel and going through all those changes. How much of that is on the, the coaching staff of taking away some of his confidence? Well, I think that has to do with We all get to a point, and it happened to me, just to use another example, when John Robinson, I, when I went to SC, Rob, John Robinson was my coach, and he was like a second father to me. I felt like I could do anything for him, that, that, that you could not stop me. And then when he left, and I, I love Coach Toler, don't misunderstand me, but there was a part of me like, oh, man, he went to the Rams. Now, now what? Where, where do I go from here? And that, that did hit me too. So in this case, and he's had a bunch of changes, has, has, has Marcus. So that has something to do with it. There's a trust. There's a, okay, when's the next one? When's this guy leaving? And when are they going to fire this guy? So there's a trust, and yes, from, we, can all, we can all point to that. They're, they're, that's part of it. It's not the whole, the, the whole sum of it, but it's a piece of it. But then there's this, the next step. Okay, so and you're a great player, and so 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 we blame it that every coach that comes in, he can't respond to. And Lafleur and 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 Wisenhunt and and Malarkey and 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 now Drabel. I mean, whether it's a coordinator or his head coach. So is every single guy that comes in, it gets to the point. Well, it's got to be the coach. It's got to got to be the coach. At some point in time, doesn't it got to be part of the player? So while I wanted, like I said, I'd love him, but. Yes, those changes happen. But Alex Smith went through a bunch of that in San Francisco, then Kansas City, and, and was still a good player. One, but he's never going to be a superstar. But I don't think he has the skill set that a Mariota has. So, and he's a good player. So, yeah, and he's been hurt and banged up. So there's no question the confidence in your coach and trust factor. But there comes a point in time that I believe this with all my heart at any position. Great ones overcome any coaching. Good ones need some coaching. Can overcome some coaching, and the average ones, guys like me, may not be able to overcome a lot of it. And then guys who just don't get it can't overcome any change because they can't handle any distraction. I think that's part of it, but I also think there comes a point in time when if I said, "Okay, I'm sending a coach there," and remember Matt Lafleur was supposed to be Rodgers and him were supposed to, to butt heads, right? This isn't going to work. How is this going to happen? Matt Lafleur, young, wants to do things, can't let Aaron Rodgers audible. How's that working out so far for them? A five and one mm-hmm. and a Super Bowl threat. Great players, a great pass rusher doesn't need a great coach to tell him how to get to the quarterback. Khalil Mack, it doesn't matter if you and I are the coach, he's getting to the quarterback. <laughs> so it, it comes down and quarterback's a fragile position and it's a fragile confidence position. I hope Marcus gets it back because I root for him and I think he can be successful. 
but I can't pay him as a franchise quarterback because, like I said, this decision had to be made. And I know some Tennessee fans may not want to hear it, but I'm not here to tell you what you want to hear. I'm here to tell you what you need to hear. Uh, well said. So Ryan Tannehill is going to take over. Of course, I uh, saw him in Miami with the Dolphins. And look, he's he's had his fair share of, of you know troubles over the years of playing the yep. quarterback position. I mean, I don't think anyone expects him to come in and just absolutely light it up. But what, what do you expect out of him when he uh, goes under center against the Chargers? Well, what you're going to get is when it comes to uh, – there's some similarities, guys, right? Injuries. Mm-hmm. There's – bunch of coaching changes and continuity problems in Miami. Uh, now he, he started the position late, but we can't keep making that excuse because he went from wide receiver to quarterback at A&M and then became a guy. Flashes of brilliance, 4,000-yard passing season, really athletic, can move his feet by time, all those same things. And then what else do we say? What was his problem in Miami? You know what they said? Not a great deep ball thrower. And you know what they said? Inconsistent accuracy. One week he'll be accurate, the next one. Oh, great feet, but he bails out of the pocket. A very Guys, it's, some of the things are eerie what they're saying. Good, big dude. So the key for him is to win. And I really don't care how he does it. Um, but a lot of times, guys, a change of spots or, or you know, cities can make you all of a sudden say, listen, what do I got to lose? Nobody expects me to be a star. I, I, they thought I was going to be one, a first-round pick in Miami. Now I'm going to come in here. I'm just going to cut it loose. Some of the best games people have ever had is when they really didn't give a rat's ass what everybody thought, and you just go let it fly because they're going to draft a first-round quarterback more than likely next year. So his philosophy is I'm going to go kick butt for this team. I'm going to post my score on Saturday at Augusta, and I'm going to let them make the decision or somebody else brings me in to quarterback their team next year. But his responsibility is to go in there and prepare like a backup, get himself ready, and play like a starter He's got a golden opportunity to extend not only his career, but to gain trust back in how people feel about him as a former first-round quarterback. First and foremost, screw the stats. Find a way to get me to four quarters and win games in a division that we thought was open, and don't let the Texans or the Colts run away with it because there's some good players on the Titans. They're turning this job over to him because they think he gives them a better chance to win right now, so let's go see it. Good stuff as always, Sean. We really appreciate the visit, and uh, who knows how it's going to play out, but we're curious to see. Uh, And thanks as always, and uh, it's going to be an interesting matchup, by the way, with the Texans and the Colts on Sunday, so we'll be watching here and there, no doubt about it. Yep, both places, and good luck to you guys. Always appreciate you having me on, man. It's always an honor, and uh, one of these days I'll get there and sit in studio with you guys in that great town, so I look forward to it. Please tell us when you do. Thank you, Sean. Thanks, guys. Okay. Sean Salisbury, Sports Talk 790 there in Houston, at Sean Unfiltered on Twitter, and he's just he just brought it, yeah. as he always does. Really, really good stuff. At the bottom of the hour, Kelly Holcomb, another quarterback who played for a long time in the league, and so we'll continue to get their perspectives through their eyes. Good stuff. We'll come back more of Darren Donick and Chase on the other side, ESPN 1025, the game. I don't know how you really disagree with anything Sean Salisbury just said about Marcus Mariota. And he's doing that from afar, but let's also admit this. He's a guy that played the position for a long time. Right. Played at a high level in college. Stuck around in the NFL for a decade. And he doesn't have to be here every day because he prefaced it by saying, I'm not there every day. But, I mean, what, what, what what did he say that you would say, no, wait a minute, I take exception with that. Nothing. That is just simply not true. And... I think we've been trying to pound that message 
through this week? Because there's a lot of people out there that don't understand how you could get paid millions of dollars and play at the highest level. And they just assume everybody is super, super confident and have massive egos. And most of the most of the time that is the case. But playing at the highest level in any sport also humbles you. And when you're playing against the best in the world, that wasn't always the case at the, all the levels below that. You had weeks, you know, in college. Whether if you're at USC, USC, there was a week where you played, you know, um, Air Force. Mm-hmm. You know, and nothing against Air Force, but you had more superior athletes. And on that, you know, that Air Force has had good teams, but they don't stack up to USC when they're really good, right? I mean, right. you know what I'm getting at. I, I didn't want to, or the or the out of conference games, even worse. I mean, you could, you know, say. Louisiana Monroe and your USC and it's out in LA. I mean, it's just different. And so we're trying to tell you that you can lose confidence. And I think it's very clear. We've talked to enough people and we've seen it through our own eyes. It's very clear that Marcus Mariota, well, we don't have confirmation hasn't been said publicly. It just looks and feels like there's no doubt. A part of the equation is he's lost a lot of confidence. He's just not confident in what he's doing out there. And you can tell. I mean, I I can't like when I've seen interviews in the locker room with him this week. I see it. Just I, I can tell that he's lost some of it. And then to further that, when I hear Mike Vrabel, when Mike Vrabel had his Wednesday press conference and he said, you know, he made it official at that point that we're going with Ryan Tannehill. You could tell. I mean, it 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 sucks because you see how hard somebody works at something and they are a good person and they do they do things the right way and you pull for them and then when you realize that it's just not going to work and you have to make a change because you have to do what's best for the team i mean i can't imagine what that conversation was like i'm sure it was very hard on mike vrabel i i i just i i would assume that it was to sit there and say marcus listen we got to go in a different direction so i get all that but you listen to sean salisbury and the reason we have him on is because he is going to tell it like it is you know, I've had conversations with him. You've had conversations with him about Marcus Mariota, and it's always been the same thing of all the everything's there. He has the talent. It's just being able to put it all together and make those tight throws and do the things that he's supposed to do as a franchise quarterback, and he just hasn't been able to. And confidence, I, I believe, has a lot to do with it. And if he's lost his confidence, then that's not going to do you any good as a football team. No, and how's he going to get it back right now? Because usually he's you have not. To have, he, he's not going to get it back this, say, that, on this team. Well, I don't think that's that's a pro- then you can't. Now, how are you going to go back to him then? Because if he's lost his confidence, how do you go back to I somebody? But what I, mean, all, I guess you won't have a choice. I mean, yeah. If if they're going back to him, that means something if, bad if has Tana, happened. If Tannehill gets knocked out in right. the second quarter on on Sunday, okay, maybe that's a situation where it's a. Uh, not not to make a comparison, but it's a Steve McNair moment. Comes out and it was obviously a different situation. McNair was injured, but he comes in and he wins the game. Marcus comes in like last year. I guess uh, he did that last year. Yep. Was injured, comes in, wins the game. That that's a confidence boost. But how many times do you want to rely on something like that? Who was that again? Was that Washington? Which what game was that? Last year? Yeah. Uh no, no, no. It was uh Jets? Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Wasn't it? Uh, he get he got hurt or no? 
Because they lost to – they got the first win against Houston. I, I, He got hurt against Miami with the hand thing. I think it was Houston or Jacksonville okay. that he came in and did that. That Gabbert had started. Yeah, no, I, I know what you're talking about. It, yeah. it definitely happened. Yeah, I don't – boy, it's just – people don't – you know, and what Sean said is absolutely true, by the way. He said there was times in his career – and this players go through this too. I mean, you can see it. By the way, you don't have yeah. to be there. You can see it just watching when the player feels invincible. When they feel yep. like they are on top, they can do like you can't stop me. You can't. There's nothing you're going to be able to do. I am going to go out there and take it to you. Pick the sport. Yep. And that happens all the time, and it's very visible and easy to see. And in most of the time. When a player has a player or a team has lost confidence, because we talked about this this week, you think that you think the team had lost confidence in the power play last year? Yep. Yes. You think and Kyle Turris lost confidence in himself? Yes. Answer is yes. Yeah. And we've talked to enough former players to say when the power play is clicking and your unit is good, you can't wait to jump over the wall and get on the ice, right? You can't right. wait whenever you've got the man advantage. But then when it's not working and things are really bad, you're like, oh, here we go again. And there's no anxiousness to get out there, right? It's like, oh, great, right? I mean, that mm-hmm. that's the difference, and it's no different for an individual, whether it's a quarterback or whatever the position is, and when you're not confident and you've lost that, and you're trying to desperately get it back, man, when you're questioning that stuff, look, if you do this, if you don't do this, if you're not confident doing this, it's going to be a long four hours. Yeah. Long four hours. Mm -hmm. It's not easy to just crack a mic and talk. And if you've ever gone through questioning yourself or people question you and you're trying to figure out how to do that, especially a lot of broadcasters go through this earlier in their career, Man, it it can make for can make for tough shows. Uh huh. It's not easy whenever you like, and you're like, "Well, how can you, you lost this? Is what you, you're doing? What you want to do? I get it. It's no different than sports. You're doing what you love to do, but it doesn't mean that it's easy. It doesn't mean that you're you magically have confidence all the time because it can get lost. And I don't know. I think we all we suspect. There's no doubt that's going on. The question is, can he ever get it back? Will he yeah. ever get it back? Sometimes all it takes is one person, one coach, to to shift you either way, to make you feel like you, you're not good enough and you can't do it, or to make you feel like, hey, you got this, you're the person. And I, I believe the Titans have, I will say, I think they've done everything they can to try and make him be what they think he can be. Now, going through all the coaching changes and stuff like that, that's going to have an effect, as Sean was talking about. But... At some point, you know, if he's hearing, you know, all the noise, Peter Laviolette always talks about the noise and putting the noise out. If he's hearing all the noise and the noise is seeping in and it's starting to get to him, eventually, I mean, it just, you're going to start thinking it. And that's just human. And and that goes back to something we've talked about this week. Um, we forget sometimes these guys are human. human. Marcus Mariota is a human being. So if he's constantly seeing things, you know, on Twitter or, you know, on his phone, on ESPN that, you know, he's not the guy or he turns on the radio and he hears that. I mean, that's going to seep in eventually. 
you have to figure out a way to get out of that, but that's just a part of it. Another former quarterback that thinks that Marcus Mariota has lost his confidence because he let that cat out of the bag yesterday on silly underdog picks is Kelly Holcomb. We're going to talk to him on the other side and go a little bit more in depth with Kelly here on Darren, Donick, and Chase, ESPN 1025, the game. Well, Max plays the right song Mama. for Kelly, and he's not even there. He's not even answering the phone. So disappointing. By the way, one underdog pick that was made yesterday has been played. Yep. And it was a winner. D Mace says, cut the music, makes the pick, hangs up the phone, walk off, gets the three and a half. Yep. That is true. I think that line opened much higher than that, too. <laughs> what did it go off at? Three and a half? Yeah, that's what he got it at. But I think it. I think I saw it opened at eight, and then there was a you know there was an injury. It was a big injury that brought it down. So yeah, that got lost in my shuffle last night. I didn't yeah. see one play. I just saw the score. Yep. Yeah, the Astros beating the Yankees, taking Game Four. Yep. Watch taking, a little of taking that. control, and that was with Grinky, as we talked about with Kirk Casale. Obviously, the Astros are in the driver's seat now. And they've got, uh, what are those guys named? Cole and Verlander yeah, they're to try good. to close it out. Pretty good. Close out the series. I'd say that's, so, you know, they're in control for sure. So we'll see how that goes. You Astros, have the Chiefs, Nats. Broncos, and, and of course, Predators and Coyotes. So there was a lot going on. And UCLA Stanford didn't exactly make my list of things. No, yeah. But congrats to D Mace. I don't blame you. I mean, why would it? There was a lot going on last night. Yeah, it was a good Thursday night. Yeah. I was flipping back between um the football game, the baseball game, and then when the when the Preds started. That got a lot of my attention, but because um, it was intriguing when Mahomes went down. I'm like, uh oh, what is this gonna look like? Because I was talking to my friend about, you know, the line and everything. I was like, you know, I don't I don't know. Denver's played well lately. I, I know Kansas City's the better team. They got a bunch of injuries. Yeah, a bunch of injuries. It's at home. It's a Thursday night. And then when Mahomes got hurt, I'm like, Oh, this could get interesting, but it, the uh Chiefs defense said enough. I know you can't compare like this because it's it's silly, right? Like people try to compare well, this team beat this team and that team beat that team, but that team Lost, but they lost to them who lost. You know, you can't you can't play that game. But with that being said, I I'm gonna play it a little bit. Right. What does it say? Like this is what concerns me. What does it say that the Titans just went into Denver and got shut out against Denver? Shut out, and it was really for most of the game embarrassing. The Chiefs went in there with a slew of injuries, important people. I'm not even counting the quarterback who was hurt. Right. Wasn't injured at the time. He was hurt and playing through pain, an ankle injury. I'm talking about guys legitimately who were injured and were out. Like their left tackle ruled out. Their big defensive tackle ruled out. Another offensive lineman ruled out. Lots of Sammy Watkins out. And then you lose... Patrick Mahomes, which arguably is the number one quarterback in the league, the you right. know the guy in the league, the guy who threw for five thousand, what five thousand and fifty touchdowns last year, 
whatever his stats were, just absurd. And they trot out Matt Moore, and the Chiefs beat Denver 30-6. to It's... <laughs> I so know. I know you can't compare. I no. get it. But what does that say about the Titans? So they went in there and looked horrific. I think that separates the uh, great team from the not-so-great team. team. turned around and lost to all that we just said about the Chiefs. And I get the Chiefs are good, but they had a lot of injuries. And their stud quarterback goes out of the game. Mm -hmm. Lost for the game. And Matt Moore comes in and leads them to a 30-6 to victory. Which, you know, I know he didn't lead them. They were already... He they kept were, it alive. He kept it right. They were already in control and leading. But Joe Flacco is probably in the cold tub oh this morning. Oh, my gosh. And the Chiefs defense. What have we been saying about the Chiefs defense? It stinks. Mm-hmm. Denver scored six. Six on, points. Six points Sh- at home. Shows you Just shows you the difference. Kelly Holcomb going to join us after the break. Was right. he looking at tape on Oakland? Yeah, not the Raiders. Yeah, I think I think, I think he was uh, watching some tape and got distracted. So got a little. We'll River, talk to him in just a second. A little Riverdale Oakland matchup tonight, but yeah, I just I don't know. I mean, as much as we've talked about how is the Tannehill, what is it going to look like? I, I'm just as curious of what are the Titans going to look like the final ten games. That, like yeah. that's, I'm just not sure. I I have no idea where this is going is this something that can be turned around or is basically what i just pointed out even just another bad sign of they went into denver and just got drilled and denver just got smoked at home by an injury riddled kansas city team got smoked and scored six points on one of the worst defenses in the league at home i don't know I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. I have no idea today if you said, okay, paycheck right now, Vegas. Put put your money on how you think it's going to play out the final 10. I have no clue. I couldn't answer that question because, as we have all said, it's more than just the quarterback. I mean, they got they got all these other things. So it it just, you know, I, I just think that there are, there's a lot you have to figure out with this Titans team – right now and maybe Tannehill can spark something but it's a big butt and that that's what we're going to find out that's why I'm intrigued that's why I want to watch don't forget MTSU is on the road this weekend they're taking on North Texas kickoff is at three o'clock tomorrow pregame coverage starting at two o'clock and can be heard on 94.9 game two 95.1 down in the boroughs 94.9 game two and 95.1 if you live down in the borough, so remember MTSU in North Texas tomorrow kickoff at three o'clock. We'll come back, Kelly Holcomb, to close out hour number two of Darren. Donovan I see Max Chase. played a different song because our next guest had his his song played last segment, but he was unavailable, so he doesn't get his song the second go around. Kelly Holcomb on the line. Kelly, what's up? What's up, man? How y'all doing? Good. How How are you doing? I'm good, man. Yeah, so y'all didn't y'all didn't play my John Denver song. Huh? Well, I know we did. We we did for you the did? scheduled yeah. appointment with us. And yeah, my bad. I'm sorry. I missed it. I was didn't have my phone. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You're good. <laughs> we just said you were watching tape on the Patriots on Oakland. <laughs> okay, we'll go with that. 
You guys do have a big game though tonight, right? We do. Well, no, we do have a big game. Yeah, I mean it'll it'll be a tall task. They hadn't been beaten up here in Rutherford County in a while, and it's funny. Uh, I could say a lot of stuff on the radio right now. I'm not going to, but they get a lot of players. <laughs> is all I'm saying. <laughs> Why has Rutherford County been so good in football over the last decade? Because they got so many people coming into Middle Tennessee and the Murfreesboro area. I mean, yeah. we got. I mean, we got eight eight schools now in in Rutherford County. Who's you know we got eight high schools. You know, when I was when I was growing up in Lincoln County, there was only two. There was Riverdale and Oakland, and and Oakland was really our arch rivals. You know, from being from Lincoln County. But I mean, now you got you know you've had Stewart's Creek open up. You just had Rockville open up. I mean. And then they're supposed to they're supposed to be adding two more in the next yep. couple of years. So it's just it's crazy. It is crazy. You're right. I mean, it, you it's hard to keep up with the new schools that they're that just keep up. So over three hundred thousand people live in Rutherford County now. To your point. Well, they, they were they were talking. I guess they had a and I, I'm not I'm, I don't want to be mis, mislead people on this, but I know that they had a commerce meeting. Uh, City Commerce meeting a couple of years ago, and they were talking about by the year 2030, man, we might have 650,000 people in Rutherford County. Holy moly! Wow, That's crazy! It's crazy. I, I mean, they're 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 doing road, they're doing construction out here in front of my house, and that now it's gotten it's going 24 seven now. I mean, you know, up until the last couple of days, they'd only been working in the day. Now they've been working at nighttime right in front of my dead gum house. So I'm hearing <laughs> them trying to bust up rock at 2:45 in the morning. It's getting on my nerves. First of all, they shouldn't be able to dynamite at two forty-five. The well, they're not dynamiting, but they're jackhammering. You okay, know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous. That's not good. You you let the cat out of the bag. We had Sean Salisbury on to kick off this hour, and he said a little. You know, he touched on some of the same things. Uh, our conversation was brief yesterday, so we wanted to expound a little bit. You you told us yesterday during silly underdogs that you you feel like. There's no doubt through your eyes, Marcus Mariota has lost confidence. True. There's there's no doubt. I mean, if you know what you're if you know what you're looking for, I mean, you know, and, and I mean, I was in that same situation before. I've lost my confidence. I mean, it's it's not a good feeling. I mean, and, and you know, confidence is a very fragile deal, and that's what I'm trying to explain to my son, and and I'm trying to t- tell him how because you know, as as humans, we t- we normally turn negative in our minds. And I've always tried to be. I'm not a psychologist or anything, but I've you know I've, I've read books and I, I understand you know some of it and and some of the things that I went through. And I've always told my son, you know, when you think a negative thought, you know, come back with a positive thought, put it in a positive text. And you know, it's the same thing with confidence. I mean, you know, you, you get to thinking your your mind can play tricks on you, and you get to thinking, well, what if I do this, and what if I make a bad throw, and then it kind of snowballs from there, and. I mean, I've, I've experienced it firsthand in high school, in college, maybe not so much in high school, but in college and the pros. I mean, confidence can be a fleeting thing, and, and you can just tell by the way that he – I think you can tell by the way that he's playing right now. He's not playing free. I mean, it's hard to play quarterback anyway, and it's hard to be a professional quarterback because I think it's the, it's the toughest job in professional sports to be a quarterback. But – you know, you have to be able to go out there and play free and not worry about it. You're going to make mistakes. Everybody's human. We're going to throw interceptions. You know, and my coach told me a long time ago, when you throw the ball, there's three things that happen, and two of them aren't good. So you got, <laughs> you know, you got a 33 and a third percent chance of completing a pass. And you know, when when you start, you know, you start thinking about, well, what if I don't complete this, or what if coach thinks this? It's just. It's a tough situation, and and you can tell by the way that he's playing right now. He's unsure of himself, and. It hasn't helped the fact, uh, Darren and guys, it hasn't helped the fact that he's had five coordinators in five years. 
So, you know, that's, that's you know, it's different philosophies coming in there. And, you know, it's, it's not like the New England Patriots where they've had the same staff forever. You know, and they've got they've got the greatest quarterback probably to ever play, and you know it's just it's a different it's a different deal. But when you lose your confidence, it's hard to get back. Okay, how do you get it back? How do you go about trying to get it back? Well, you just got to put some put together some good practices and go out and you know go out and perform. You got to you know you got to study film a little bit more. You got to work a little bit harder. Uh, but but one thing you can't do is you can't go out there on the field. And you can't try too hard. Uh, you know, even my mom used to tell me that just. You know, you got to take a deep breath and relax, and it's something. And, I, and I, I tell my son, I know I bring my son up a bunch, but I tell my son this: I mean, God gave you the ability to play this game. He gave Marcus Mariota all these guys that are playing the National Football League. He gave them ability to play the game. Just go out and play. You know, if if you study during the week and you've worked hard during the week and you know what the defense is doing to you, if you can go out and you can you can start out and, and gain a couple. Of, and you know, the coaches got to be a part part of this too. They got to give him a couple of easy throws, maybe a couple of screens that at the game, and then you can engulf yourself in the game, uh, a couple of easy throws at the beginning, and then once you get engulfed in, in, in the game and you gain some confidence with throwing the football, then you're good for the rest of the game because you're not worrying about that. You're just playing ball. Kelly Holcomb on the line with us. Spent uh, well over a decade as a quarterback in the National Football League. You were both a starter and a backup. You understand both roles, so you've experienced both. So how do you – if you're Marcus Mariota and you're going through what you've already talked about and now you've been benched, so it's not like you can go out there this Sunday unless something happens to Tannehill and, and try to get it back this week. So going through getting benched too or things getting turned over to the other guy when you're going through this, how, how do you cope and deal with that? Well, I mean, you just gotta, you just gotta look at the reality of the situation. The reality of the situation is they've made a change. They, they, you know, they put the other guy in, and you know, Tim, Tim Katz and myself were in the same situation. And and I can honestly say, the year that I took over and I beat Tim out in training camp, man, we we were, you know, and the, and the media and the you know the the newspapers and everybody tried to pin us against each other, and it never happened. I mean. You just got to go out and you, you know, we're all in, you're all in a business together and you've got to put your ego aside and, you know, if Tannehill needs help, you need to help him. I mean, Tim, Tim helped me. I mean, we're still friends to this day. Uh, I think you just got to be professional about it. You can't cry about it. You can't whine. You can't pout about it. Uh, I've seen some guys do that and that's not good uh, because that shows a lot of your character, but you know, it is what it is now. And, uh, you know, you got to you, you you know, you you got to put your ego aside. You got to try to help Ryan Tannehill do the best that he can. If he if he asks you a question because, you know, you've been in Tennessee for longer than he has, uh, you know, just try to help him be successful. And then, you know, maybe your shot will come around sometime. You never know because you're only one play away, Darren. So, you know, when you get out out there on the football field again, and he will, he'll get out there again. But when you get out there again, you've got to show those coaches, show the players, show the fans that hey. You know, maybe you made a mistake, and you know I'm I'm back here, and I'm gonna I'm gonna try to keep my spot. Kelly Holcomb here with us, and listening to to you talk and tell these stories. I mean, I, I think my question is: Do people actually realize just how difficult it is not only to play quarterback, but to be a quarterback in the NFL? Whether you're the starter, the backup, the third string, just there's there seems to be a different amount of pressure that goes into that position than anywhere else. There is. Everybody loves the backup. But, I mean, football is, you know, whether you're a player or whether you coach, everybody that sits up in the stands and sits on the 50-yard line, they got all the solutions. You know, they, they, they figured it out. You know, even, you know, I hear things about, 
you know, well, why do you not do this or why do you not throw the ball down the field? Well, here's the deal. When, when you're passing the football, I mean, it, it's it's not just the quarterback making his throws. It's the the line picking up stunts and blitzes. The the back that's in the backfield, he's got to pick up the right guy. It's the receivers. They got to get off man coverage, or they've got to run the right depth on their route. I mean, there's a lot of things that go into the passing game. There's a lot of things that go into football that normal, average, everyday folks don't understand. And then they want to sit up there in the stands and they want to talk about, well, hey, we should be doing this. Well, you know what? You might not have the players to do that. So there, there's a lot of goes into into football, and it, it gripes me about you know all these Monday morning quarterbacks. It gets it gets so irritating to me that everybody thinks they know, but they really don't know, and they don't know the intricate details of a team or what's going on inside the Titans locker room. I mean, nobody has a clue about that. So you know the the you know they they've made the decision now, and now you know you just got to go forward. So if you're if you're Ryan Tannehill, and you mentioned you know leaning on Marcus and. Uh, being able to ask questions now he's he's coming out on the other side because he's gone through this he was a starter in Miami he was the backup here and now he's a starter again what what goes into to his mindset as he gets ready for Sunday well now you're the guy I mean now you know you've gotten all the reps during practice I mean when I when I was when in, in Indianapolis behind Peyton I never got any reps you know that that's what people don't understand now when I was there with with Harbaugh and Lindy and Fonny was the coach, I used to get a couple of reps during practice. I mean, I would get – I think he would get three reps and maybe I would get two. So, you know, you were kind of uh, you were kind of ready for it. But, but a lot of times, and, and I'm sure it's, it's this way now, I mean, most of the times you, you don't have many reps. So you've got to give the starter all the reps. So now Ryan Tannehill's gotten all the reps. And uh, ho- hopefully he'll be more comfortable this week. I mean, it's, it's tough coming off the bench when you get no reps and you hadn't played with the guys. I mean, you did some stuff in training camp with them, but, you know, with the timing, because there's, there's you know, there's a lot of differences between Mariota and Ryan Tannehill, and nobody thinks about this, but, like, their snap count's different. Uh, their drops are different. Uh, you know, the, the way that it comes off their hands different. The timing with those guys are different. So, you know, he'll get a little bit of that this week with taking all the reps and, and uh, you know, I'm sure he's hoping that everybody sees, you know, on Sunday that, you know, it certainly helped. What is the interaction like between the quarterback and, and a struggling offensive line like the Titans have? Well, I mean, I don't know because, you know, that the 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 offensive line is the lifeline of your team. The defensive line, everything starts up front. And I know that's cliche, but that is so true. I mean, everything starts up front. If you can't protect, it doesn't matter who you got back there. Um, you know, so – I just remember this story about Joe Montana, and he was playing the Philadelphia Eagles, and I think they were in Veterans Stadium. And he was getting hit brutally by Jerome Brown and, you know, the Minister of Defense, all those guys. And every time he would just get up and he would smack the guys on the butt and say, hey, guys, we're going to get them, we're going to get them, we're going to get them. You know, he never griped to those guys. And then at the end of the game, guess what happened? He brought the San Francisco 49ers back. So, you know, I don't really care. You know, I understand that some offensive lines struggle, but they're, you know, they're the reason that the quarterback can do what they do. And if you got a bad one, which I played, I played behind some, some really good ones, I played behind some that were not very good. Uh, you, you know, you just got, as a quarterback, if you know they're not very good, then you better get in your film study and you better understand that 99% of the time when that ball snapped, I know where I'm going with the football. Now, sometimes I'm going to get fooled, but, if you know, and, and you know, I, I try to explain to young kids, if you know what you're doing on a football field and you know where you're going with the ball 
and you don't sit back there and hold it, then you're not going to get hit much. I don't care. And I tell these young guys because I go sometimes I uh, I throw seven on seven or I throw a team against them against the defense, and I said I tell those guys if I know what I'm doing, I don't care if y'all block because I'm gonna get rid of the football. You're not gonna sack me. You know, so, you know, there's a lot to that, and coaches have to be involved in that, too, where if, you know, if we don't have a we don't have a very good offensive line, we better do some intricate things with the game plan, and we better get the ball out of the quarterback's hand. Mahomes uh, has suffered a dislocated kneecap. Did it ever happen to you in your career at all? Yeah, and that's what, I, that's what I text these guys. I text my staff, the guys that I coach with this morning, because I always tell them the quarterback sneak is the worst play in the dadgum world. I hate it. Wow! Because when I when I played against the San Francisco 49ers, we got down there on the goal line to begin the game with. We were on the one yard line, and we were going to just do a quarterback sneak. Well, I look behind me, and the and the uh, the the running backs have, have walked right up like it was in victory formation. So what are the guys going to do? They know what's coming. So the defensive the defensive ends pinched, and I ended up breaking my leg on the fourth play of the game on a quarterback sneak. Oh wow! I hate quarterback sneaks; they're ridiculous. <laughs> I hate them, and I, I know that Tom Brady's probably the best to ever do it. I mean, you know, there, there's, you know, I mean, there's good and bad, with, but I just I hate calling quarterback sneaks because of that trash right there. I mean, you know, he dislocated; he probably dislocated his patella. You could see it pop back in. I yep. broke my. I broke my fibula and I had a paralyzed fracture in my tibia, all because of a quarterback sneak. I hate him. Mm. Mm. You just made the list. I think Kelly just got it going. He's going to put quarterback sneaks on the list. You just made the list. (laughs) Quarterback sneaks suck. (laughs) Hey, don't suck tonight. Go go get a victory. Uh, It's going to be a big one down in Rutherford County. Thanks for doing this as always. All right, guys. I appreciate it, man. Thank you all. Always good to talk to Kelly Holcomb. Of course, he's a part of our – Panel on silly underdog picks. I hope that pick sucks. But every Thursday but at noon, and he is the defending champ. By the yeah, way, he is. He's the defending champ, and right now he is battling forever Titan Chris Sanders atop the leaderboard. We will indeed come back with you. Just made the list. We've got a great prize attached to it, but you're going to have to get involved. You're going to have to put someone or something on your list. Six one five seven three seven one zero two five. Your calls next.